it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good morning, good evening, and good day to you. You're in for a treat today. We are going to be talking all things events. Um, so those that know me well know that I've uh, loved the event space. I've put on lots of my own events, um, and the event space can be tricky for people uh, when it comes to filling their events and promoting and marketing in events. So today we're going to be talking all things events. We're going to be talking marketing, ideation, profitability, pitfalls, and also some of the opportunities and tips to help you promote your events um, successfully. For those that I haven't yet met um, and I'm yet to meet, um, I'm a marketing strategist for speakers, coaches, and consultants, specializing in content repurposing and LinkedIn strategy. And it's my uh, role to help you amplify your voice, your message, and your impact. And today's very, very special guest um, has an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to the event space, as I said. So let me share some of the insights around uh, Michael before I introduce him. He comes from personally managing over 200 events himself with up to attendances of 16,000 people. So big scale events and small scale events. He's also secured media coverage for clients with over 50 million people. And some of his nonprofit uh, clients have had uh, product, uh, sorry, profitability increases of up to 300% after expenses. That's not the best one. And he's also seen his online events and strategies returns um, and profitability for returns of 830% uh, for online events during COVID, and we know how popular online events have got uh, got last year, etc. He works both across Australia and America, and he brings a wealth of experience for event management, PR, marketing, sponsorship, um, and manages a very diverse portfolio from small business owners to community groups to charities and very, very large multinationals. So please help me welcome Michael Gray from MKG Events. Welcome. Hi Sally, how are you today? Very, very well, thank you. And we were all inundated with questions um, as it relates to the event space and um, 
and marketing. So we're going to have some uh, good show today. So thank you very much for sharing um, and joining us today. So to kick off, could I ask you to... Very welcome and happy to be here and help. Excellent. Sorry, just got a bit of a delay there. So I jumped in too quick. <laughs> yep, happy to be here and thanks. And it's great to be able to help everyone with their events questions today. Yeah, fantastic. Can I ask you, Michael, just to give us a little bit of a backstory as to how and why you got into the event space? Uh, so, yeah, 13 years ago, I lost someone very close to a reason that was uh, very preventable. Um, um, and then I decided to do a fundraiser for a cause that represented that issue. That was when I was 16, 18, that event grew to being attended by 10,000 people, getting lots of media coverage, offers of sponsorship for life. I guess that's at 18 when I discovered my skills set in the event space and the fundraising space um business and marketing at uni worked with a range of charities for a while in marketing events fundraising sponsorship and then um six and a half years ago started mkg events so uh with i guess my mind that's one of the reasons why um mkg events while we do all kinds of events while we're also uh, really passionate about doing the social causes and events that help change people's yeah and that's been uh, i know we've had some brilliant conversations around some of the things that you've done um, as it relates to events um, and some of the causes that you're being involved in one of the main questions that just has come up a couple of times in the question box which i'll just jump to and then i'll jump back to some of the questions we talked about is um how's business changed for you uh, or the event space changed for you. Now, I know you're growing exponentially at the moment, which is awesome, but can you give a bit of insight of what has happened uh, as far as changes go uh, since the pandemic? Yeah, so since um, March of last year, the events industry has changed a lot. Um, so before COVID, we just did in-person events, and then when COVID became a thing, um, we launched new services in online events, as was alluded to earlier. Then uh, where I am based in Sydney, Australia, by July 1, um, in-person events were legally allowed to be held again, restrictions, of course. Um, so then what we did was we launched hybrid events, which is a combination of a smaller in-person gathering with um, an online aspect so that you can make the best of both. So... I, I guess as a result of COVID, we now do in-person events, we do online events, we do hybrid events, we operate um, Australia-wide and online only in the US, given that unfortunately COVID's um, um, restrictions kind of restrict events more over there at the moment. Um, and it, I guess, comes to our Australian market as well. Um, the Australian government at the moment has a lot of grants to help people pay for the in-person events they want to hold in 2021 and hence that's one of the reasons that we're expanding because we provide services in grant applications um, and then combined with our other services from, um, you know, doing everything from accepting the event to planning the event to marketing the event, marketing everything from conception through to marketing strategy, through to marketing campaign delivery, right through to bums on seats, um, then right through to sponsorship, media and PR to running the event on the day or nights. It's a very comprehensive model that we offer to our clients. Um, and, yeah, when it comes to the grant applications, for example, we have a client doing an event down in Melbourne in August and we just secured their $15 grant, which obviously because they're a startup non-profit, obviously helps them to um, be able to operate the event. And um, and I think given how everyone's, almost everyone's business has been so detrimentally affected because of COVID-19 as well, mm. these grants are agreeing to um, be able to help people cover the costs of running the event and um, um, to use the event to then subsequently grow their business. And as we alluded to earlier on in the conversation, that's what my team and I are committed to is um, 
events to generate return on investment to help um, grow and scale your organisation. Beautiful. So I, th I think that's been the, the paramount thing of the conversations that we have had is just the, the clear, unbridled un passion to create profitable events and help people to understand the difference between a, a, what seems to be a great idea versus what's a commercially viable great idea. Um, so I think we'll, we'll dive into that as we go through as well. So can you share a little bit um, about that sort of the ideation versus the commercial viability around events in some of your experience and maybe some of the stories that you Yep, have? so one of the... Absolutely. Um, well, I guess the first thing that springs to mind when it comes to making an event commercially viable is making the right decisions about aspects about the event and not spending enormous sums of money on things that don't actually help you get to the goals um, that you have with the event. So as an example, uh, we had a client previously, they were targeting a corporate audience running a charity gala dinner. Um, they wanted to spend $5,000 on Facebook ads because the client in question loves Facebook and I'm not, not knocking Facebook. Facebook is a wonderful platform. I've used it to bring thousands and thousands of people to events. However, for this particular type of event, because of the target audience being corporate, it wasn't the right platform to get them the result they wanted. LinkedIn was a platform. So, unfortunately, they didn't listen to my advice, spent five grand on Facebook ads and got nothing to show for it. As I told them, that's what was going to happen um, ahead of time. But what I did manage to do is um, get them to agree to do LinkedIn advertising. They gave me $300 for LinkedIn campaign and used a $45,000 return on investment. Yeah. Um, so, you know, using that as an example, they would have been better off to either not spend the five grand at all or to spend it on LinkedIn as opposed to wasting it on something that didn't actually help them in any way get to their goal, mm -hmm. which was obviously to generate revenue for their organisation. So. Mm -hmm. Um, another example, um, so previously one of our clients quoted $75,000 for the costs of their event. We got that down to $50,000 once we removed all the unnecessary expenses that this client was tricked in by other people to thinking that they needed when they didn't. And they were also ripped off in quite a few quotes, like, for example, the AV quote was eleven grand, and we got all the same equipment. Um, same model of equipment for three four thousand dollars from our trusted um, suppliers. So um, that's, I guess, highlights the need for one of the services we launched as well, which is called Event Profit Maximizer. So it's a consulting service that we offer to anybody with an event, irrespective of whether they use our other services or not. Um, so the upfront is $500 and then it's a 20% commission based on how much we save our client in terms of necessary expenses. And, and particularly relevant at the moment, given what I was saying earlier about lots of businesses struggling because of um, the restrictions that are placed on businesses because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's very true. Um, you've hit on a couple of things there. That trusted advisor aspect of having the right people around you that have got the right information. And when you don't know what you don't know, you're going to believe quotes. And I think there's such a... Um, People could be so opportunistic right now because there's so much new technology to help create events that are hybrid, um, but you don't need to have those unnecessary costs. Can you also, um, we can see that that one's a, a hugely unnecessary cost. What are some of the other little niggly ones that crop up that people are unaware of, the little pitfalls that are unnecessary um, costs that people get um, placed on them? Yep, so one of the other common, there's two, I guess, other really common mistakes we come across a lot. The first is people who don't allow enough lead time before then. Um, and, like, um, that, that is really an issue because lead time is very important to make sure that you get enough of the right people at your event to make it viable. That's the same whether it's in person or whether it's online. And you're only going to have a, an event that generates revenue through your organisation if you have enough of the right people to make it worthwhile for yourself. So generally speaking, um, 
for first-time clients, if they want an audience of less than 50 people, you recommend a lead time of at least eight weeks. If um, it's more people, then that lead time for a first event would be longer. It's something like a first-time charity gala dinner, minimum three to six months would be what we'd recommend. Uh, we wouldn't really take on a gala dinner for a new startup charity within three months because it's just not enough time. Um, so uh, because for us it's very important to make sure the client gets that return on investment. The other kind of common uh, problem that we say as well is people are like, I have a database of a 1,000 people, I want 100 people at my event and I don't need to do any other kinds of marketing. Well, um, no, the thing about it is is that when it comes to databases, they can be very hit and miss. Some are very active. Some are very inactive. Some are just a complete waste of time in the email to. So um, what it's really important to consider as well, and particularly because a lot of people are busy, like I know people will get thousands of emails a day. They don't pay attention to the promos, which means that you really need to think about who your audience is and how you can best communicate with them. I think a good example of this story would be um, a friend of mine. So he, he is older than me and has 12 children. So uh, son number one um, doesn't answer his calls, doesn't answer his emails, will only respond to texts. Daughter number one will only um, respond to messages and son number two will only respond to messages sent through a video game that, um, the son plays, which the father had to buy in order to be able to communicate with his son because he won't answer the door, won't answer the phone, won't answer emails, texts, whatever the case may be. So using that as an example, thinking about um, your audience, it's important to use the communication method that they respond best to. It's important to consider how to word it in a way that they're going to be interested in it as well. So this is the kind of advice as well that we provide to our clients. Um, and where a lot of people kind of as well go wrong because um, without support because, um, and, and that's one of the reasons why we've had clients in the past that have hired um, other marketing companies and not to knock them. Like I had one client once, I spent $10,000 on a three-month marketing camp for that um, client's event with the other company, got one registration. Then the client hired us and we got registrations in a month because, you know, we didn't go down the same road. We made sure the copy was relevant to their target audience and we changed that. We changed the marketing strategy entirely. And, you know, that's a good example as well of when you're in the wrong direction, you have problems and why you need to manage um early on, not the day before the event because it's too late. So that's another reason why lead time is important because, you know, if it's if you're a month in or two-month lead time and you've got one registration, well, quite clearly that's the time where you need to make changes to the content, changes to the marketing strategy. Don't just assume that, oh, people will book at the 11th hour because while with some types of events particularly, people do book at the 11th hour and that's normal and to be expected, have no registrations a month out when you've already been marketing it for a month would be a massive red flag for any type of event. Yeah, very, very true. You've hit on a couple of things there for me. I love the uh, the relevance as it relates to the um, the communication. And I've just, uh, talking of children, I've got a 17-year-old son, Rory, um, and he is on Discord because he's gaming with his friends all the time. And the only way I could communicate with him if I'm needing him to do something urgently is actually message him through Discord because he won't answer his phone and he won't answer an SMS. So uh, it's all about that relevance uh, as, as it relates to communication, but also relevant as to what the, the marketing, etc. is. And that 11th hour is um, a very interesting concept. Here in the Adelaide marketplace, a lot of our events, a space that I'm in with from a small events perspective, uh, my my rule of thumb without having red flags is if I get some instant registrations as soon as I uh, launch it, we're good to go. If I get none and it's flatlined, there's a problem. So that's a red flag straight away. But I go from having some instant registrations and then everything then happens at the 11th hour. Um, so m being able to know that and understand that I've got certain different red flags, but when you're running such large events for the companies that you are, 
um, being able to pivot and change that uh, communication strategy as required is uh, very, uh, very, very relevant. We've just had a question coming from the audience around uh, what platform do you use? Now, that may be a bit of a broad question. I suspect it's relating to the hybrid um, side of things. Do you use one, just one type of platform or do you use multiple types of platforms? We actually use multiple different types of platforms. And as kind of alluded to earlier, we operate in the US as well as here in Australia in all states and territories. And we have different partners that um, service, I guess, online differently, online events differently. So some um, clients choose to have their event in a professional studio where the webinar is or online event is broadcasted from. Um, and we have partners that obviously specialise in that side of things where we focus more on helping the client get ready for the online event, be ready with their presentation, marketing, all that side of things. Um, when it comes to um, and different partners, will use different platforms. So some use Zoom, some use um, GoToMeeting, some use um, platforms in which dated. Um, for, the, for their own kind of customer base. So fundamentally that kind of changes that there are lots of really great um, programs out there so um, and platforms out there. So say, for example, within the US, um, InEvent is very big when it comes to um, hosting online events and they're one of the preferred partners. Uh, so they have over 400 clients, companies like Amazon, Facebook has used them. Um, really, really good organisation to work with. And what's kind of different about their self-created platform compared to other platforms is that once you're actually on the webinar, um, guests can select other guests and um, jump out of the main meeting and jump into a private meeting so that they can network business conversation. And that's a functionality that's not necessarily available on all other platforms that is useful for our clients. So it's important to, I guess, consider what your goals and expectations are as well as to who the right partner would be for the online event that you're looking to do, as an example. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for that. Um, and one of the other questions that came in was, uh, do you have uh, fancy equipment? But I think you've answered that as far as uh, your different partners have the different types of fancy equipment to, to move things along. Yep. Beautiful. When it comes to online events, but obviously we have fancy tools and strategies to get the right types of people to the event yeah. and uh, for, for the parts that are our role. Yeah, beautiful. One of the other questions that's just come in is, um, is there any way to plan things uh, so effectively so there are no issues? Um, now, I know you'll answer yes straight away, but that's because you've got a proven process. Is that part of your one of your coaching packages where you take people through that process? Um, we can take people through that process on our coaching program. So as far as I know, we're one of the only events companies that actually offers a coaching program to our clients. So um, for clients that are kind of looking to do it themselves moving forward, but going back to the original question of processes to make sure you don't forget everything, one of um, those processes for the benefit of the listeners is to put together an event plan that details very accurately every activity that needs to be done um, for the event from um, the point of starting the campaign right up until event date and post the event as well and having deadlines that each of these tasks need to be completed by. That's um, something that our team um, does and then subsequently communicates with clients so that both us and the client um, is on the same page about the schedule moving forward. And um, one of the kind of as well is that when an event's a month away, six weeks away, some people think, oh, I can just do this tomorrow or I can just do this next week. But that's not necessarily in the best interest if it breaks the schedule um, because, you know, everything has a time-place world and when it comes to an event, if you leave some stuff to last minute, then it can potentially compromise the outcome that you're looking for. Yeah, very much so. And I think it's so important um, having 
certainly not done events at the scale that you have, but been involved in events where other people have been managing it like yourself, um, is I think it's so important. Um, and I see so often when people are trying to emulate uh, running large events that they don't actually have a project management tool or something that helps keep everybody accountable, scheduled, as you said, they just tend to either have a checklist um, if, if, we, if they're lucky or they're storing lots of things in their head and they think I've said that to somebody, but perhaps you haven't. But at least if you've got a, a proper plan in a proper tool to help you be accountable to each other, to the client and keeping those uh, KPIs and everything moving forward correctly um, is paramount as well. Um, how, as far as uh, the different, you've had lots of different results and you've had, um, you obviously think differently um, as it relates to events. And you shared with us how you, uh, one of your clients had a, a particular train of thought um, and you sort of were able to pick the pieces up afterwards and sort of uh, recalibrate uh, the event spend and went over to LinkedIn. So I see that as... Um, it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up. But what doesn't add up is an additionality requirement for clean hydrogen. Additionality would put an unnecessary and inequitable burden on domestic clean hydrogen producers and have serious consequences for America. America needs clean hydrogen, but an additionality requirement just doesn't add up. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association. You know, you have been there and done it experience, hence you are the, the, the expert, um, as we alluded to. So can you share some of your stories where it relates to being that expert? What do you do about keeping everybody um, accountable, getting things in writing and those sorts of things? Michael. Yep, well, things in writing, I think, is uh, important in writing in business is just generally important irrespective of what you run and the reason I think that is because it makes it clear what's been agreed to it's a clear what's to be done as a result not to be done mm. so um, as kind of an example um, recently we had a client who um, in the lead up to the event it became apparent that some of their supporter base um, didn't appreciate the client's political views. And then I told them in writing uh, before the event that they should avoid discussing politics in any way, shape or form because it's uh, potentially alienating um, of their supporter base and it might compromise the financial return of the event. So then they decided to um, have a discussion about politics as soon as and then they said they weren't going to discuss politics anymore. And then they had a raging debate about their opinion as to the performance of various politicians. And the topic of the webinar had absolutely nothing to do with politics. As a result, people left and suddenly that cycle, even though it clearly wasn't. And if you go back to our emails before the event, we clearly said, do not discuss this topic at all because it will compromise the outcome. And we were right because as soon as they discussed it again, people left. So I guess that because they couldn't actually blame us because it was in writing that they shouldn't discuss this. They agreed not to discuss it in writing. And, yeah, so that's, I guess, the advantage. It protects service providers and clients from incorrect accusations in challenging times. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and um, there's just another question that's just come up. Um, keeping people accountable in your business. Um, I'd say, do, ha, uh, do you find people to be accountable in your business, which clearly that's part of uh, hiring the right people, but then having the right support tools to enable them to do that. Do you have a particular project management tool is one of the other questions to help uh, people 
keep on track? Do you use anything in particular? And then I can share what we use. Yep. Um, so there's a couple of things I'd kind of like to say here. So firstly, when it comes to keeping staff accountable, um, been in business six years, worked with a lot of people over that. Um, what I would say is that if accountability is something that's important in your organisation, what, whatever's important in terms of what the employee needs to be, um, it's very important to be clear about exactly what you want and what you don't want before you hire anyone. Um, so as an example, I'll put out a uh, do a marketing campaign with a job ad, it'll be very clear about what I want. So for example, at the moment, I'm looking to hire an events all-rounder. Um, so I put out a job ad that are clear. Um, so I'm looking for someone with a minimum of two years experience, someone who has proven experience and track record with delivering events from conception to delivery, someone who's a background in either sales or marketing, someone who has previously worked in the events industry, either at other events companies, in hotel events teams, in the events teams of charities or professional development organisations. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very clear about what I'm wanting, you know, minimum two years experience, blah, blah. So then what happens, I have recruiter as well that um, obviously does all the campaigning and kind of vets the applications. They then send me a short list of about 30 applications normally. Um, then what I do is I send each of those applicants an email and if the applicant doesn't respond to the email, well, they don't criteria because they don't have good communication skill and don't follow instructions. So those people be quiet. And then after that, um, for the people that do book the phone in, you, um, you know, 10 minutes, some interviews last two hours with, you know, lots of scenario-based questions. And the, obviously the interviews of the people that go for two hours are much more likely to be hired and the people who have interviewed 10 minutes don't uh, expect to get hired, basically. So um, because obviously it means that the interview kind of process. And after that, you know, I check references and then do in-person interviews and um, with more scenarios. This process that I use works really well for us to get rid of the wrong people and to find really top talent and get the right people working for the business that deliver phenomenal results for our clients. But depending upon what your business is, I would say that it's important to have a process, but it may look different to my process and that's okay. But it's just about understanding business, what you want, what you need, what you don't want and um, going for it basically. When it comes to um, tools to kind of keep people accountable. So for example, every task that's assigned to a staff member for one of our clients or for the business, we have and we have one staff member that's responsible for that log and making sure that it gets updated, whether the task's complete, still in progress, whether we're waiting on the client or another staff member for a re response so that the task can progress, whatever the case may be. So we have systems and processes in place yeah. to make tasks don't get forgotten and that our clients get the very best of service and that once again may look different for your business but um, it's important to have a process that allows you to track where things are at. Yeah absolutely um, yeah that's been my um, I suppose my experience uh, over the last couple of years when we've been growing and scaling um, and only having the ability to be able to do that because we had systems in place so I've used all of the different uh, technologies, Asana. I currently uh, use Basecamp and uh, Monday from a who's doing what when perspective. Um, and the reason I use that for my staff is because we've all got lots of little different tasks that we love and we're creative people and majority of my staff are women. We actually like to tick off tick boxes and that gives us a sense of accomplishment. So I have tools that will enable everybody to engage and tick things off or pass it on to the next person in the chain, but we have visibility over that. So there's lots of tools to support you 
as long as you are building out and creating your systems and processes, because as Michael's demonstrated, that's um, key to creating great outcomes for clients and also key to being able to scale and grow um, as quickly as uh, Michael has been as well. Michael, can I ask you um, a, diff a different question now as it relates to, do you see that, that there is a difference in the strategy and delivery between small events, so that under 50, versus the very large events, uh, so that, you know, a couple of hundred and above? Yep. Um, so what I would say there, everything that we use is slightly different depending upon the client and it's not just necessarily based on uh, the numbers of attendees, it's also based on who the attendees are. So, for example, we have clients that are targeting business owners. We have other clients that are targeting um, general population. We have some people that are targeting um, with the purpose of their event, people that are want to get fit, be more healthy, whatever the case may be. So obviously very different categories of people and they require a different strategy. They require different kind of support. So, for example, we have some clients that are running free events with us or low-cost events. We have some clients that are running events with ticket prices in excess per person. So, um you know, all of depending upon the price point of the event, it requires a different strategy too. So, for example, with the larger point events, we have a relationship with a company called BizPay, which basically allows the client to pay the cost of the ticket in four instalments over four months, which obviously makes it visual for people. Um, um, for example, as well, some of the event education space are eligible for. Um, government incentives where if you buy the ticket, you can claim it back on tax. So um, there's many different strategies if you think laterally um, to getting towards the outcome you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and let me just say there, just hearing that with around that lateral thinking, that is the depth and breadth of what uh, Michael's experience can bring to the table. There's obviously clearly lots of opportunity that people in the Joe general public space are not aware of uh, that Michael has um, insight to um, and experience with because of the different types of events and the, the, the extreme different types of events and types of clients that he's actually been, um, um, been delivering and great results for. Can I ask you if you have a couple of key tips or, um, or suggestions of what people can do um, perhaps if they're running their own events or thinking about the event space um, that they can do themselves. I know we talked about um, getting the title right. Obviously, some of the tips that you've just said there as well, making sure that they really, really, really understand their own outcomes, but also their audience very intimately. What else would you suggest there, Michael? Um, so just going more into the titles, because we haven't kind of discussed yet and and just generally marketing copies. So, for example, one of our clients, a guy by the name of Rick Chisholm, elite business coach, has made over $330 million in sales across businesses. He's started in 15 different industries, hired over a 1,000 staff. Obviously, business extremely, extremely well um, and very experienced in that space. So over the past um, three years, we've managed over 30 in-person events with him as well as numerous online events during COVID and Later on this year, we're actually doing a national event tour with him in person as well as um, a national online event as well. So um, some of the things that we have planned already. But um, if you compare, if you look at him, like, for example, one of his topics is how I created five um, $20 million a year plus. So that's obviously something that's very unique that not a lot of people can actually do for example. So um, um, by comparison, a lot of people's equivalent title might be sales 101 or, or, or how to sell better or something like that. But what I'm going to suggest is that in your experience to come up with a title that's captivating that shows you to be unique. So for example, 
if you look at business coaching, sales coaching, it's a very competitive kind of space. Would you, A, want to go to a coaching event where Rick's the speaker because of his experience, or B, if you had an option of going to speaker Bob who may have run one business before and made $50,000 a year um, and only been in business two years or something like that. So it's also important to... Um, um, obviously present yourself authentically and honestly, but also to, in the marketing copy, your achievements of how you've helped, um, how you've helped people and, um, you, you know, made a difference because that's kind of what's going to get people to register for your event. Mm. Absolutely. So that was around the... Um, and, you know, on top of that, mm. yep. And, and when it comes to the copy and to the messaging as well, make sure that you include Ren. Just, um, you know, really strong graphics, strong landing pages, make sure that um, there's not any spelling mistakes. I've um, had sample... Um, so we do content, but I've also, we also allow clients to provide us with content if they wish to. And let's just say I've received some content with so many spelling mistakes is actually unclear about what it is they actually want to do. It's that bad. So um, make sure that it's presented professionally too because while bad spelling doesn't necessarily get you business, sorry, while good spelling necessarily get you business, bad spelling can, you know, repel people. Yeah, absolutely. And from that perspective, when people are preparing their events, is um, do you see much value in um, flyers or brochures? Particularly now, we're in that hybrid w uh, world. Um, do you? What do you see the advantages of? I'm seeing a lot of people collaborate and create things together and cross promote. Are you seeing a shift uh, in what you're doing with people coming together in a different way? Um, so I think in relation to that, it comes to brochures, flyers, I don't think they're the most effective way of getting people to an event, but it depends on who the target audience of the event is. So say, for example, if your target audience is people aged over 70, and there's many, many computer literate 70-year-olds out there, but there's also many um, uncomputer literate over 70-year-olds out there. So, um, and the same applies when, like, a gala party, for example, the, the online auction um, solutions versus paper-based auction solutions. Um, you know, this is a very similar debate as well, but fundamentally it's about understanding who your target audience is and the best way to reach them. But, for example, in the past we've had um, a client, they were targeting young families and they wanted to book local shops. And the, thing, the problem with that was that I know from experience you might get a few people along, but it's not going to generate the results that they wanted and there are many, many more effective of reaching that target audience, for example, as many social media groups with tens of thousands or millions of members who fall into that category, local newspapers, there's many more ways of reaching a larger number of people um, um, directly than putting a science. In my opinion, most people don't read the junk mail they get in their letterbox either and pay attention to most signs. Like, for example, I went to the shops today in New South Wales here. It's the law. You have to wear a mask even though we've had no COVID cases most of the week as far as I know. Um, but it's still the law. You have to wear a mask. There's, I see the signs up everywhere in the shopping centre. You have to wear a mask. People still don't. Mm. <laughs> so um, that's another example of, you know, people not paying attention to signs. Mm. Beautiful. So, um, Michael, can you also just for uh, for sake of the audience, because we've got a diverse audience, can you go through and just share with them what it is um, that you provide? I know you've got a number of different services, um, but can you just sort of walk us through what those are, uh, the, those services are, so people know what you do and then how they can get in contact with you, please. Absolutely. So. Um... 
MK Chair events is very unique in our approach. So we do everything from um, event conception, making the event more commercially viable, planning the event, negotiating with venue suppliers, stakeholders, doing all the planning, right through to marketing. So everything from content creation to strategy to campaign delivery to getting the people on the seats, right through to sponsorship, to running the event on the day or night. And this um, model applies for in-person events and hybrid events Australia-wide and then online events with clients based in all of Australia and the US. Um, and separately of that, we also have the event coaching program. So perhaps for clients that can't afford to a an gay events agency, um, we have the coaching program to provide them with support so they don't fall into the common pitfalls that we discussed earlier. Separately of that, we also have Event Profit Maximizer to help people have more profitable events and reduce unnecessary um, expenses. And for all of our Australian clients looking to get back to in-person gatherings, we also have services in event grant writing. Um, the wonderful government has grants ranging from $3,000 to $100,000 available at the moment for anyone looking to hold an in-person event in Australia. Um, the eligibility criteria of these grants is quite vague. The event can't endorse drinking, smoking or anything like that. It needs to be welcoming and inclusive of all of society, including people with disabilities. And you must have an ABN, um, which is an Australian business number. Because um, if you are the real simple eligibility, but um, I guess the advantage of working with us to get the grants is that or to make the applications is because we understand all of the material that um, they want to assess when they're considering the application. So things like run sheets, risk assessment plans, COVID safety plans, all of that kind of stuff, um, material of previous successful events. And if you've not run an event before with Ridson, we can obviously demonstrate that we can run events successfully. So I, I guess that's what I would say there. So it's a very comprehensive solution and yeah anybody looking to reach out to me wanting to have a um, chat to uh, about their event can reach us on um, my email which is michael at mkgevents.com.au or phone which is zero four five two double four six double three. is there any chance that could be put up in uh, messengers so that the guests can see that. Yeah. What we have uh, got going up is we've got the ticker so they'll know how to connect uh, with you uh, when the ticker goes across the screen. It's got your details on it for sure. Um, and um, as per normal, uh, you can also find Michael on LinkedIn, which is uh, how we are connected as well. Um, so the ticker will go across the screen shortly and that'll, um, that'll remain on the screen uh, for the rest of the devices when it goes up on YouTube uh, and in the podcast, etc. as well. So that's um, been great information. I was unaware myself of uh, the grants applications. Uh, so uh, particularly keen to um, talk to you um, in relation to the grant applications around Australia, because I've got a couple of clients um, that are just looking at doing some bigger events um, as in the next sort of six months or so. So thank you for sharing that today. That was an area that I was completely um, unaware of so thank you very very much uh, for sharing that we've just got a couple more minutes left um so I've, is there any final tips or any, anything yep. else that you'd like to share michael um yeah so i guess when it comes to your next event as well um what's also very important to um so just to kind of recap on the important method messages consider i guess all the costs so that you can have the most event profitable event possible consider the lead make sure that you're um, correctly positioning your event to the right types of attendees and my team and i uh, which consists of currently taught anybody that needs support in this journey fantastic 
Thank you very, very, very much. So just to give um, a say, thank you so much for everything that you've shared. You've given us so many fabulous insights uh, today. I've written lots of notes down as you've seen me scribble, scribble little notes down. So thank you very much. Just to give the audience an idea of what's happening uh, next week, we've got uh, Gary Prick coming on from I Am Dynamics or You Am I Dynamics. And he's going to be talking about dynamic relationships. Um, very, very important uh, for anyone that's looking to improve their relationships at home or for anyone that's looking for a new relationship. If they've got brave like I have, uh, to start considering a new relationship as they're coming in. Uh, Gary's going to be talking about uh, the way that he helps people um, get over their fear um, and also how to create and improve relationships uh, through great communication skills and understanding yourself as well as the other person. So that will be next week. So if I can just come back to uh, Michael Gray from MKG Events and say thank you very, very much yet again. If anyone has any additional questions or wants to connect with Michael um, or anything like that, please just let us know. You can certainly email me or reach out through the show and we will get you in contact with Michael and get anything um, answered for you. So thank you once again, Michael, very, very much. And thank you to everybody that's joined us today. You're very welcome. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I trust you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern for more Success Secrets Exposed. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.